Good evening, folks, everyone out there, and welcome to episode 40 of the Mountain Outpost podcast. I am your co-host, Jam Jam Jamil Curry, here with Skizzlefresh Skylar Hall. We're excited to be here with you tonight. Let us know you're live in the chat room uh, in YouTube. We are uh, super excited to be back after a week off, and we were together that week. That was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, it last did week. It feels yeah. like a lifetime ago already because I feel like there is so much happening this January. Um, when you're training consistently, you're just trying to squeeze everything in, and it feels good, including a nap because I just took a nap, and it's like eight p.m. It's great. Sweet. That's <laughs> you know you're doing it right. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely been a wild couple of weeks. I completely forgot. That I saw you last week. Is it really last week? I guess I so. I mean, like week uh, eight days and ago, two days, technically yeah. last weekend. So, yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, no things. Things have definitely been busy on both of our ends. Uh, but we got to come back together and, and give the people what they want. Make sure they're set up for success because we've been a little bit of a lull in the ultra running scene, uh, sort of like writ large. But things are about to pop off. Things are definitely popping off in the run flat world. So we got to make sure that you guys are primed for success. You know what's been going on. You know what to look out for. And you know to keep us accountable here on this screen. And uh, we got to keep you guys accountable as well. So if you're watching live on YouTube, make sure you just hop in that live chat. Say what's up. Let us know how uh, how close you are to hitting those New Year's resolutions still. Because this is that, that prime period where most everyone falls off so holding you guys accountable as well uh and if you're listening to this later on on your podcatcher of choice that's what the discord is for pop in we got that whole dedicated mountain outpost podcast channel say what's up let us know hey i'm right on target hit my goals or not and we can all shame you for that too that's fine if you want yeah i don't i don't think i made any new year's resolutions but i did start my training resolution a little bit early this year so i didn't wait for the new year to get it going and uh very happy about that yeah no that's we, we all are actually so good job job jam uh we appreciate you actually adhering to training when you actually need to uh yeah i think new year's resolutions are kind of a a sham like it's just convenient to be like oh it's january 1st like let me do a thing and like i have 365 days i can just be accountable but honestly don't wait for just a specific day on the calendar if, like if you need to make some life changes make some life changes you know if you need to just build a new habit don't be like oh cool i'll just do it in four months time because i don't feel like it right now make a change change your stripes whatever they said in a knight's tale just like take all of those mottos and apply them here change your change your stripes change your flag ah, i forget what it is 
R.I.P. Heath Ledger. Anyway, we're getting off track early, which means this is probably going to be a phenomenal show tonight. Uh, we have a lot of <laughs> yeah, things let's to get catch up on. Back on our agenda, okay? We, uh, what agenda? We don't have an agenda. <laughs> we're still planning for this. Um, oh man. Yeah, we're we gonna to we're gonna catch up. we're gonna catch ourselves up and all of you guys up on what's happening here uh, in the world of running, ultra running, track, uh, road, all kinds of stuff. So we've got two weeks to talk about here. Um, we last saw each other in Phoenix, and you mm -hmm. were in town for the rock and roll, I believe, the marathon, sir. <laughs> Do you want to talk about uh, what happened out there with that one? Yeah, yeah, no, no, not a problem. So uh, yes, I had done cross champs a couple of days before the last pod. And I was coming out to Phoenix to run the marathon, uh, you know, slightly new course that rock and roll designed, but you know, working towards the hundred K. So figured 26 miles time on feet. Um, even if it wasn't like a particularly fast performance compared to the last two road marathons I ran in the fall, you know, figured it was the right thing to, to do to be on track. Uh, however, my hamstring felt differently. And so luckily, the marathon and half marathon courses are the same for the first six and a half or seven miles. And so after a couple of miles, I was like, mm, this feels a little wonky, but it's also, you know, eight in the morning. And I, this is my warm up essentially the first couple of miles. Hopefully it'll loosen up, uh, but it did not. And so at about four miles in, I was like, all right, let me be responsible here and drop to the half. And the, but then at this point, I already had been jogging. 30 something minutes at marathon pace and i was like all right what do we do do we just maintain marathon pace or do i just drop the hammer so as soon as i hit the five mile mark i was like yolo let's just drop the hammer and it's like see how long i can hold this for uh make it a glorified tempo workout which is pretty much how it went down uh yeah i mean all things considered held it together pretty well actually saw you with like a mile and a half to go in the race out of nowhere you look it looked like you jumped out the bushes to like come out on course and say hey it was basically, very random it basically was behind the bushes yeah yeah um but no i mean all things considered uh held it together through the finish uh so even with adjusting the plan still ran like 125 40 or something 125 30 for the half uh so when you're basically warming up for five miles and then just dropping a 15 K not bad, not bad. Uh, damn near the same pace. I ran in that cross country 10 K, uh, that I ran the last 15 K of that half marathon. And so, you know, that was a good sign of fitness and was able to get back on the grind, staying consistent on the training and rocking another 10 K this upcoming weekend. Uh, however, it's very different than, Cross country 10K, we're going to be doing some mountain 10K. I'm going on to Mount Diablo and climbing like 2,000 feet in the first like two and a half miles of this thing. It's going to be something stupid. So, so yeah, we're getting ready for, for me walk. It is officially trail season. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of getting away from my run flat roots, but here we go. That's how it goes down. I'm excited. We're kicking 2022 off with a bang. And the legs are legs are crushing it right now. So try to try to keep that momentum going. Nice, love it. Yeah, cool. How you been though, man? You've been. Uh, <laughs> I've seen some Instagram posts. I've seen some some stories. You've been tearing it up out there. Uh, yeah, trying. Uh, trying to been doing some some longer runs now as we hit the bulk of our 
are tougher weeks for my buildup for my next race. And, uh, so that weekend I just ran the cold water 52 K, uh, the day before. So I was just doing my cool down, tried to catch you out on the course there. Um, so yeah, we ran that. And then this last Friday I jumped into, there's an event locally. Uh, normally it's been held lately on Camelback mountain and they do 12 hours of summits on Camelback mountain. Uh, it's put on by a local runner, James Fowler. He goes by grandpa Jim and he raises money for sunshine acres and they bring kids to the grand Canyon hiking. So it's a pretty cool event. And this year it was moved over to Piestawa peak, the camelback, uh, Choya trail is under construction. And so you had two options. You could go just do pure summits for 12 hours. You know, this is about. 1100 feet of climbing in 1.1 miles, or you can do a 50 K which did a summit. Plus then you run around the mountain. It has a little bit less climbing, but I ended up with 31 miles or 30 miles and 12,200 feet of climb for a 50 K which took nine and a half hours. So solid day at the office, so to speak. Um, I busted out the poles. It was the the most vert I've done in a run quite some time. Um, and like the biggest of my buildup so far this year. So we seem to have come out the other side, mostly unscathed. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know if I'm unscathed after my speed workout session this afternoon. I'm feeling not great right this second, but you know, we'll try and sleep it off. Checking all the boxes. I respect it. I like it. Um, you guys have, what's the next Arrow Viper race on the calendar? Elephant Mountain? Someone's saying there's no audio. I think everyone's got audio. We got one person. I'm sorry for killing the vibe here. Hopefully you guys can hear us still, but, um, (laughs) yeah. Uh, no, saying Elephant Mountain's the next race you guys are putting on, right? Yes. So that is in, it's not this weekend, next weekend. So we had a couple weeks off after cold water, uh, elephant will be the next one, February 6th. And, uh, okay. sounds like we're good on audio. Yeah. So yeah, elephant mountain is next. Um, I will not be in attendance at that one. I'm coming back to running up for air 12 hour. So that'll be my next kind of race effort, uh, up in salt Lake on grandeur peak. Sweet. Cool. I mean, then after the last 50k excursion, you gotta be feeling kind of good. Uh, I mean, altitude might make you hate life a little bit, but you gotta be coming in with a little bit of confidence. I would imagine a little bit. Yeah. We'll see how this weekend goes. <laughs> we got, we got something epic for this weekend too. Don't worry. Oh, we're in, okay. the, we're in the thick of it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. James cool. Have you heard of James's birthday run that he holds in August normally? I don't think it's so. Like the Phoenician 50k? Mm-mm. Yeah. Oh, is this the one you have to go over all five peaks? It's like at least five peaks, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So he's having me do that plus more. So it could turn out to be an epic day. All right. Yeah. How's that weather system looking like down there? How's it looking? I don't know. Are we gonna have oh. we- are we gonna have weather? I have no idea. The only weather I care about is the weather in Southern California on Sunday for the Niners game. So uh, hopefully it's good there. 
and then it's also good for you'll you. be you'll be at the game listen i'm not saying no but i'm also not saying yes uh listen it, it's what it's a seven hour drive down so if these ticket prices get to a reasonable position where it doesn't completely bankrupt the honeymoon fund it might happen i don't know we'll, we'll see what what happens but i'll don't worry i'll be sure to throw some stories up if it becomes a perfect hey i just ran this mountain 10k and now i have to sit in a car for eight hours as we hammer down through traffic to la because uh, i'm sure i'll be cramping up viciously uh yeah no there's no rain in the forecast this weekend <laughs> all right We're good. good good and not much rain in the forecast up through at least the 8th of february so cross your fingers for black canyon indeed indeed yeah indeed. you guys have had the third training run the final training run final training run was this last weekend so yeah right now we're really gearing up for uh for black canyon it's going to be it's going to be a big one we've got you know golden tickets to pass out we're going to be live streaming and it's gonna be a good time and that live stream is actually gonna be pretty dope because neither of us are on it yeah but, but <laughs> we got other things to do i might i might steve kornacki it from hawaii just like whiteboard here's some projections <laughs> um but uh i did have maddie ice over there send me his preliminary spreadsheet uh behind the scenes i'm usually the one who has to create the spreadsheet for live streams with like the bios and links and race histories and things like that uh he has done a phenomenal job thus far of getting that cracking um but it also has who's going to be commentating when and i'm super excited for one of the coconino cowboys to be hopping on the stream because if you're not gonna have the two of us you might as well have somebody with great locks and a great voice for radio and live streams and podcasts and that's mr eric sensman super stoked uh, that he's on live stream. so uh so if you missed that memo get excited black canyon weekend he's gonna be tearing it up as well as did you announce who the second commentator was yet or have i only seen that because i've seen the spreadsheet i don't know that we've announced it okay i'm not i'm not gonna be that person i'm not jamil i don't just start breaking <laughs> news on the pod like that but there's gonna be another second guest uh friend of the pod who will be live streaming in our stead. So super excited for to watch that uh, and text sweet nothings in the live chat and otherwise tell them they're doing a great or horrible job depending on how they're doing. Uh, but yeah, no, get excited. Black Canyon weekend is going to be sick. And then we're back the following week, like literally six days later to do a live stream. Yes. Yet again For the 100 mile USATF National Cha Road Championship at the jackpot. 100 in yeah. Henderson. And that spreadsheet I did start today. So Ooh, it's yep. going to be fun. We're going to be ready. I'm excited about it. Uh, yeah. A lot of ultra action coming soon. Yeah. We're just taking like a deep breath. Uh, but we, we do want to cover some of the uh, happenings the last couple weeks. So uh, that's what we're going to do as we do each time on this pod. Um, we also have... I think we have some ultra runner of the year to catch back up on. I don't know where we left off. We think we talked about the couple of the top ones. Maybe like the last or 10 and nine, I think were the oh, only ones that have been okay. released. Maybe just 10 uh, actually. Cause I think we recorded on a Monday Dang. last time. Uh, so yeah, we got to run through all those top tens. Some 
I won't say surprises, uh, but based on what we had gone through in our projections and in conversation about it, maybe there were some things we agreed with. Maybe there were some things that we disagreed with. And so we'll walk through those uh, and make sure that, you know, we give the appropriate amount of advocacy slash harassment. That's what we do. Perfect. It's the cable news way, right? That's that's what we're <laughs> trained for now. Cool. Uh, yeah, take it with. You want to do run steep news? Go. Yeah, I was just going to touch on a couple of the uh, more notable news items. You know, we want to uh, give these folks a little airtime, little shout out for their achievements. So we had the Hurt One Hundred, which uh, typically kicks off the year of hundred milers. You know, this is a lot of times it kind of gets especially in the, you know, Uroy voting kind of swept under the rug because it's has like the worst recency bias, you know, happening in January. But uh, yeah, Hurt 100 was back uh, in Honolulu and Era Viper Racing team members own uh, Arizona Flagstaff's own Peter Mortimer coming in with the win. Uh, I don't think he was expecting this, but he won the race, went sub 24. He ran a 23-59-34. I did it at Air Viper Trail Talk podcast. You can catch that on the Air Viper Running channel if you want to listen to him. Uh, it's a, a really digestible 30 minutes. We talk about his training leading up to the race and some of his thoughts after the win there. Um, so be sure to check that out. And Debbie Livingston, who uh, has run well at Javelina before, like, in the early years that I was organizing, she won in 29.09 for the women. Uh, we also had our own 100 miler that weekend at Coldwater. And let's see, Annie Hughes, we who we talked about, uh, she won set a course record in 1847 for the 100 miler. And then uh, Cody Jones, he won the men's race in 1644. So that was pretty cool. Shout out to those folks. Um, There's also the Montane Spine Race. And this is an event that happens in on the Pennon Way uh, in the UK. 268 miler. You know, we're in, in like full-on wintry conditions. This is not my kind of race. Not on my bucket list. Sorry, folks. Uh <laughs> But it's still inspiring and a uh, definite uh, friend. I don't know if it's friend of the pod because he probably doesn't even know about this podcast. But uh, Ian Keith from Ireland, uh, I've shared some miles with him out there uh, at multiple races, including Barkley. So he won uh, in 92 hours, 40 minutes. He is about as tough as they come. And there were some notable drops from some other really strong runners I think uh, Damian Hall might have been leading early. He dropped out. I think might have won this race before. Um, and Debbie Martin Kasani from the UK won the women's race in 104 hours. So that is the Montane Spine Race. Uh, what else do I got here? Those are some of the most notable ones, I would say, from from that weekend. Uh, and it's been a pretty quiet one this past weekend. So uh, I think the biggest race on the calendar was the Mountain Mist 50K uh, mm -hmm. from Alabama. 
and David Riddle won for the 10th time, sixth year in a row. So who's going to be challenging him, you know, just crushing it. That race is 28 years old. So it's kind of a, an institution in Huntsville. Uh, this time of year, 17 degrees. So I think we saw the frost, the frosty faces having a good time out there. Uh, and then, yeah, Gus, Gus Gibbs was out there. Uh, I saw Corey Woltering was out there. Shout out to him. He had the icy beard. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Liz Canty uh, was the winner fourth straight year. So uh, definitely a lot of loyalty, I think, to that race. I think it's one that people probably put on their calendars, kick the year off strong in the South. Yeah, that's that's one of those. Like when the conversation's like, oh, is – like UTMB gonna like ruin the sport with like Ironman and everything. Listen, if folks are still gonna show up to a race like that, like your your neighborhood race, your local race, the thing that you hold near and dear to your heart is like always gonna have a place. Like that's that is the example that we can point to and be like, listen, I, I get it. People live in cold environments and like frosty beards and like snow. I let browse or whatever like that's the thing, <laughs> whatever. Browse. It's been a while since I've lived in, in snow, obviously, but, uh, like to, to be like, you know, I'm not just going to like go run base miles in this. I'm going to actively race, race hard and like be a, be out there where things can actually go bad. And I'm just like, well, I got to still stay out here for another three and a half hours or whatever that that's saying something. So, so shout out to those people. Um, and yes, we do have to give a shout out, especially to Corey, um, who had a very thoughtful Instagram post, um, about why he was celebrating being, I believe 21st overall, um, obviously an elite runner, not something you normally hear, uh, one of them say, but you know, it just put into perspective, you know, what it is to come back from challenges, adversity, uh, and just start feel, feeling like yourself again, which I think a lot of people can resonate with after the past couple of years uh, of things not necessarily being smooth and easy and going our way. So so shout out to them. Shout out to everybody who crushed that race. Uh, yeah, it's just no chance in hell you're going to get me out for that one, though. I'd love to do it someday. Why not? That one's, that one's on my bucket list now. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about the spine race, but I, I am going to the snow, you know, in Salt Lake in, in a couple of weeks. So that sounds like fun to me, but, um, real quick question in the chat. I want to get to this, uh, from F U <laughs> is cool. shout out to F U. Uh, is there a full version of your intro song somewhere? It's stuck in my head again. <laughs> yes, there is actually. So John Heinsohn, uh, a, Pretty much a year ago, he was in town for the Elephant Mountain 50K, and I think we were talking about needing a theme song. He was on a road trip. He's a, a singer-songwriter, and so, yeah, he has the Mountain Outpost theme song is on our YouTube channel, so just search for that. Mountain Outpost theme, it'll pop right up, and you can put that thing on repeat for your listening pleasure. That would keep you going on the treadmill. When you're avoiding running in those very conditions we were just talking about. Yeah. That's right. That'll get you rocking. 
Uh, let's switch over to some of our track and road, run flat, stay low news, and then I think we'll circle back on Ultra Runner of the Year. Yeah. How's that sound? Sounds good, because uh, we also need to delve into uh, FKTs of the year, because we also walk through that, and those have started to be announced. So we, can, right. do, we can do a little bit of deep dive on that, but I will power through some run flat news, obviously run flat being everything that's not your mountainous ultras. And there has been a lot popping off in the past couple of weeks. Uh, let's start with the one that I think is probably top of mind for most people, uh, which was the Houston marathon and half marathon. We did a little bit of previewing of it uh, during our last podcast, and it definitely delivered on all of the hype, most notably with the women's marathon Kira D'Amato just going absolutely insane, uh, running a new American record in uh, 219. First woman ever to break, uh, I believe first ever to break 220 for for the women, uh, breaking Dina Castro's record. It's a whole thing. She went in just like guns blazing. I uh, was actually out at 218 pace for a while uh, and then was just massively holding on. Uh, huge shout out uh, to her pacers one of which friend of the pod, Cal Neff, uh, literally had like did his first workout back from a minor injury seven or eight days out before the marathon uh, and then comes out and runs a PR himself, finishing in, in 219 just behind uh, Kira. So so shout out for, for two reasons for Cal. Um, also, quick aside before we go through the rest of this, um, Cal, at no – at no point should commentators ever say anything as egregious as they said about Cal Neff. Did did I did you see this? Did you see the tweet where they they literally said he looked like an active shooter? Yeah, we I think we were talking about this. Yes. Okay, we did talk. Yeah, about we it. talked right. about yeah, this. Yeah, that happened. It was like the same day we were. Together. Yeah, correct. Okay, as so, it was happening. <laughs> as it was like what in? Okay, we've live streamed. Right, we're doing one right now. You there are just certain things. You can say and jest and have fun, but if you are a commentator and your day job is to be a news reporter, you have to have the wherewithal to not say something that asinine for any reason, right? Like the number of people in that race who've been effective, been affected by like mass violence is non-zero. Like we know of elites in that field who just were a part of the mass shooter incident in Boulder last summer. We're in that race. Like you can't be so dumb. Well, not to mention as a commentator to say, like, incidents what? at marathons that have happened before. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Like just listen, I don't live streams of running races, usually not where you want to try out comedy routines. Definitely not in that vein. So Houston just just crapped the bed writ large on commentating, but like that was that was a bridge too far, uh, I think, for for all folks involved. Again, I'm not saying you have to have like professional live stream like running nerds like hosting your stuff, but if you're gonna have locals or anyone do it, just make sure that they have common sense. I would like to think, uh, and yeah. So Cal, sorry you got thrown under the bus in some sort of way like that from the commentators. You crushed it that day, both in the pacing job and your own job, like just or in your own running ability. So kudos 
cool. That's it. Me off the soapbox. Back to the results. Uh, women's half marathon also saw an American record go down. Sarah Hall running uh, 67-15, uh, 15 years after her husband, Ryan Hall took down the American record on the men's side. She comes back uh, and takes down the women's American record. However, lost in this whole thing was the fact that she still lost the race by over two minutes. But again, because the commentating was so bad at this event, <laughs> uh, it was it was not noticed. Like the the uh, Chipnegano uh, crossed, and they were just like, "Wait, was that the finisher? Was that the first woman?" Like it took them a while to realize they didn't oh, have yeah. eyes on her coming in. Which you which you live tracking it exists. There is a timing mat less than a mile away from the finish like you gotta have these things whatever anyway um so the fastest female half marathon ever run on american soil happens you have the american record you have dom scott who runs about 15 seconds behind sarah hall uh who runs the second fastest time ever by a south african female and then fiona o'keefe runs uh just another 10 seconds behind Dom Scott uh, and, and what, 67.42 for the fastest American half marathon debut ever. So just like bananas across the board on the women's side. Obviously, Sarah Hall got a lot of press, at least here in America. Um, but just top to bottom, that women's half marathon was stacked as well. So, so just shout out to all of those folks for killing the game. Uh and on the men's marathon side, we talked a bit about uh, Kira, but uh, Frank Lara for the win uh, on in the men's marathon. It was his debut. He is a Houston boy. We had talked sometime in the fall uh, about how he was trying to take down the American record in the half marathon. Ended up missing it. Comes back here. Debuts in 211.32 for the win. Um, but this was also one of those races where uh, just – a lot of talent up front, a lot of folks uh, getting some some early OTQ marks. Uh, Augustus Mayo, for instance, taking third. Uh, John Azuski uh, taking second. Uh, so just loaded up front. And then, uh, yeah, that men's half marathon, we got to also mention, had uh, just weird number of records go down you had uh rory linkletter uh ran 6108 to take the canadian record uh he was followed very closely by sydney get uh roots running just a couple seconds behind him was scott fobble uh making his free agent debut i guess if you want to put it uh so yeah rory and scott having just left Hoka and AZ elite running in these like all black kits and Nikes. And it was, it was weird to watch, but shout out to all them. Uh, Patrick Tiernan ran 60 55, uh, the new Puma elite athlete, who, which I think was like a top three Australian time all time. Um, but they all trailed uh, uh, Tolosa of Ethiopia who ran one hour and 24 seconds. But the fact that you had a top 10 that were separated by, less than 50 seconds uh, shows just how crazy the depth was uh, in that half marathon. So Houston did not disappoint on the road. Houston hugely disappointed in the live stream. Let's move on. Uh, in terms of other things that were uh, are just disappointing and sad, uh, 
we actually have some news out of Oklahoma State. Uh, some folks who have seen ESPN might have seen this come across the ticker, um, but uh, Isai Rodriguez, who was a uh, or is still currently a, a top star for the cross country and track teams at Oklahoma State, he uh, and a classmate uh, AJ Ferrari, uh, who is actually like the the defending champion. Uh, NCAA champion in the 197 pound weight class, uh, got in a pretty serious car accident, uh, trying to pass in a no passing zone, hit another vehicle. They skid off the road. Uh, and it was just a crazy bout of luck. Uh, I think one of the football coaches, uh, is, uh, from Oklahoma state would happen to be one of the cars that got passed. And then when they skidded off the road, he like ran down the uh, embankment, saw that there was smoke starting to come out from underneath the hood and they let he and like another passerby like broke through the back window and like made sure that the two kids, the two students got out right before the car caught on fire. So both of those, uh, those athletes from Oklahoma state got medevaced a uh, helicopter to local uh, hospital in Stillwater. So they're still in there. Uh, I think they're both listed in fair condition at this point, but obviously uh, not great. And there is that tie into to the running world. But obviously, again, stay safe out there, people. Wow. Like, whatever you're doing, just be be wise about it. Uh, but that's going to impact Oklahoma State uh, track, especially this indoor season, because uh, they got some talent on, across the board. But I think that's the least of their worries right now, just making sure that Isai is safe. Uh, but there are some good things that are happening on the track. Because indoor season is here, baby. Uh, up in Flagstaff, you had Luis Grijalva, the uh, newly minted Hoka athlete. Uh, he and his former NAU counterparts were trying to run the first ever sub four miles uh, in Flagstaff uh, at above 7,000 feet. Came ever so close. Um, Nico Young ran a 402. Luis ran a 403. Uh, but with the altitude conversion, Nico's who, again, is still in college as a sophomore, uh, that converts to a 354 mile, which is insane for the month of January when you think that, one, he's not really a miler, and two, he's got two months until nationals. But, of course, saying hold my beer was Jared Nagoose, who was actually at sea level and himself ran a 354.46, proving that, hey, the Olympic trials – and his collegiate run last outdoor season are not a fluke. He is still here. He is still rocking. Uh, and listen, he's he's going to be uh, ready to tear it up since a lot of his main competition in that mile have all turned pro. So that is what is happening in the college ranks and what is happening or what has happened in the past. Looking forward, the big thing this weekend is the Milrose Games basically the first major professional indoor track meet of the year. And most uh, most eyes are going to be looking, in terms of the, the general public, at this 60-meter. It's the return of Christian Coleman, the U.S. athlete, uh, defending world champion in the 100 from 2019. Uh, he was banned in 2020 and 2021 uh, for whereabouts, issues and 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 uh and the drug testing protocol uh he never actually tested positive but he missed three tests and so uh he was banned from competition they recently reduced his sentence and he is back this will be his first 
uh, real big test uh, with eyes on him. So, so that'll be where a lot of the focus and news stories will be this upcoming week. But there are also some insane races in the distances. We've got uh, the men's 3K, the Nico Young, who I just mentioned will be in it. Cooper Tier, Sam Parsons, uh, Charles Hicks from Stanford, who was top, I think he was third place at Nationals. Uh, Cole Hawker, yes, that Cole Hawker running a 3K. Drew Hunter, uh, Luis Grijalva, and Connor Mance, all in one 3K. It's going to be insane. Uh, the women's mile is insane because you have Nikki Hiltz, Corey McGee, Shannon Osika, Sage Herta, and a thing Mo. Yeah, that 800 gold medalist, a thing Mo, going to run a mile. Uh, we're going to see how that rolls for her. It, don't let it come down to a kick is my professional recommendation there. Uh, El Purrier's in it. Jess Hole's in it. It's going to be just insanely fast. Uh, and then the men's mile, also going to be ridiculous. You got Colby Alexander, Craig Ingles. But most eyes are going to be at Nick on Nick Willis, uh, seeing if he can get dragged along to that sub four uh, so that he can have his 20-year streak and, and keep the dream alive for old people everywhere because if Kira D'Amato and Sarah Hall can prove anything about what you can do in your late thirties, Nick Willis uh, is here to carry that baton and uh, bring some more shine to it. So all of these races and more can be seen on NBC and USATF TV, but Milrose games, you're going to hear about it. It's going to be legit. Just get in. in oh, Donovan Brazier's in the 400. I forgot about that. Yeah, dude, just, just watching sprints, watching the 400, and indoor is insane because it's two laps, but they break in after the first one. So it's like all the mess of a relay, but with like four jack dudes or four just like very sharp elbowed women going hard. Uh, so get excited. That's happening. That's run flat news. Bang. Bing bong. Boom, boom. You're up. All right. I am working on deciphering the FKTs of the year, and I'm trying to reverse engineer the winners because they are going to be announcing them uh on the 28th so what would that be friday friday yep so they've announced the fifth through second uh and i was trying to figure out who we're missing so let's just we'll try and figure it out here um do 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 okay so we talked about this in one of our previous pods the top 10 and so uh, it looks like number five went to Addie Bracey and Corey Connor for their Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim, which I believe was an unsupported record. It's not the outright. And they did that, I guess, as a, as a pair together. Uh, we had Powell Sazfruga, his Colorado 14ers record. This is the one where it was foot powered in between all the 14ers. So like Joe Grant has done this, biked between them. Of course, Andrew Hamilton was driven between them for the overall record, but he walked between all these. It's insane. Probably like just the best summer ever, I would imagine. Maybe also the most painful summer ever, but anyways. Uh, number four went to Brooke Thomas from uh, doing Te Ara Araroa in New Zealand. Uh, and Joe McConaughey, Arizona Trail, fourth. I think that should be higher, but I'm biased, of course. You can't trust <laughs> what note, I say. The notes section is hilarious for Joe's run because it's just like 
as it's listed, it's like interesting things to know. Notes for Joe. Supported. Encounter deep snow. Quit. Restarted. Two days, 19 hours faster than previous. It's just like, yeah, that pretty much sums it up in a, in a nutshell. <laughs> Quit, came back, still crushed it. So, Yeah, I wonder if like, he would have stayed on track and broken it by three days, if that would have been enough. Who knows? Okay, moving on. Number three and two. So Anna Troop, Penn and Way. So I guess what the spine race takes on uh, was number three. Uh, of course, not doing it in the winter. Timothy Olson's PCT third. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, second is going to be the long trail for Michaela Osler. And Carl Saab's incredible Via Alpina, the entire traverse of the Alps of Europe, second. <laughs> I mean, there's just so many incredible performances here, uh, and it is hard to, uh, I guess, I don't know, stack them all up. But what I'm seeing that we're missing, so my guess, is Colorado Trail. I mean, FKT, the fastest known people are from Colorado. I think that they're going to give that to the women. Women's winner uh, is going to be Colorado Trail, and... I think it's gonna be the long is gonna be the long trail for the men, maybe. I yeah, I could see that. So like um, we're we've got um Alex Borsik's Glacier Peak. I can't see that winning. Uh we had Lindsay Webster's presidential traverse. I think Nika Myers on the Colorado Trail. I think that might take it. That's probably because we had McKella and Nika broke each other's records. If you recall, they went back and forth for each other's records on the long trail and Colorado trail this summer. So I think that's going to take it for the women on the men's side. Ben Feinson's long trail was not in the top five yet. Um, there was like the Washington Bulgars. We talked about that one. That was that was actually pretty impressive. I think that we looked into that some more. I think it's just too unknown. The Wyoming 13ers, I think the I think that's going to be it. So, that that's what that's what I think. Those are my predictions. We'll see if they come yeah. true. In my heart, I want that Washington Bulgars one to take first. <laughs> it was it was, it was batty. It was straight. I, mean, I get it like the other ones are premier and well-known and well-tackled and Every time you take it down, it means something because people who have legitimate pedigrees have done it before. But at some point, you just have to also. I don't know. Maybe it'll, maybe it will get it because he's paving the way for something new. Which is still like it still has. 100 tallest peaks. It took him 50 days. Jason Hadrith. Yeah, I don't know. That's, ah. that's mine. That's, that's you think I'm it's going to be that one. All I, right. I, it should be. Yeah. I think that's what it should be. Okay, but we can delve into it next show. And yeah, I mean, I guess if the PCT doesn't win, but I, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Hmm. How much did close. there was a lot? Do whatever. That's what. Yeah, I mean, Ben took an hour off of Basham's time. It just depends. Like, it depends on what the voters think. But 
it's just, yeah, the Bulgars is a new one. We'll see how much they value the new compared to the old. The Long Trail is just such a classic. Uh, all right. So then, we can't just keep going back to the hits and be like, all right, well, let's <laughs> be I just, it's... yeah. But we also know how I felt last year when I thought that the, the Pikes Peak Ascent should have won. But whatever. Uh, Here's what I think. Uh, clearly not the voters have ever asked me to vote, but it's cool. Whatever. I'm not mad. I'm just, <laughs> geez, this, is, this is the stank you're going to get on the podcast as a result. Anyway, we're cool. Uh, there was a, a selection that we do know. Uh, the first place results. We know the entire top 10, and that was Ultra Runner of the Year. Uh, we broke that down on the show as well, what we thought our sort of top picks would be. Uh, but we now know the totality of those lists. Uh, the last time we had a show, I think it was just 10th place had been dropped, but we can go 10 to 1. Uh, definitely got some friends of the pod on there, uh, some family of the pod also making it on the list. And just, I think, overall, top to bottom, that was a pretty pretty stout field uh of both men and women that made it onto the ultra runner of the year but jam jam walk us through yes, it sir real quick you're going to jump in the chat room uh rob ricardo shout out is in there he asks is string bean the future king of cocodona he just entered this week so we got joe mcconaughey he will be towing the line of his first 200 miler uh, at Cocodona this year. So Mr. Arizona trail is going to be, yeah, going head to head with Michael McKnight, King of the two hundreds. Currently I am super pumped about this prospect. Very exciting to see what an athlete like Joe can do at a 200 mile distance. I think he could be almost perfect for it. Uh, yes. So like you think about the barbell method of like, all right, for somebody who runs the 5K, right? They kind of have to be good at the mile. Like you have to have leg speed, but you have to have the strength of a 10K person or a 10K runner to like run well. You know, half marathon, you should be a quasi decent like marathon type long run person, but you still have the foot speed of a 10K athlete. Joe is the closest to a like properly managed like barbell for a 200 miler, right? He has these incredibly long fkt efforts uh has just spent a ridiculous amount of time on feet but we've also seen him crush 100 milers over this past year like it's not just a function of long slow distance like he has run what did, what do you run at javelina like 15 high 16 low something like that like i think it was like was it not 14 it might have been i don't know numbers are blurring me at this point it was absurdly fast and it wasn't the only fast uh event he did because he also then came back and did bandera if i remember correctly so yeah he was third at bandera exactly so he's clearly got like leg speed that being relative 14 14 13 at javelina 100 exactly okay so <laughs> and he's comes, like isn't he a, he's a low four minute miler i think from right. collegiate days yeah uh yeah like 13 mid 5k guy from back in the day like he clearly has strengths on both sides it's not just hey i'm gonna grind it out watch an attrition oh you know a race of attrition occur and then like i just move up through the field he has the, the strength to do that but also if it comes down to hey we got to fort tuttle like side by side like he's gonna have just the outright 
speed and power to crank it the last 35 miles or something. You know, he's got he's got that skill set. So yeah, I'm like super excited, not just for Cocodona, but just to see, you know, all of his adventures at this distance. He should crush it if he if he executes correctly. Yeah, I mean, I I could see him winning by six, ten hours. Easy. Even over McKnight. Clip this, save it. I don't care. Like I think <laughs> if he does this right, he will be he, he will be comfortably lounging with a beer. Feet up, put him in some Normatech boots, just like chilling by the time that the next person even like rolls into town. It could be a new era for two hundreds. Just saying. That's it. Yeah. Um all right, love it. That is just a quick aside. Um, there will be lots more talk about Cocodona in the coming months. But let's circle back. So 2021, kind of getting back to normal in the sport. Uh, 2020 did not have this competition or this voting round. And, of course, we have to preface this conversation that this is just for North America. Uh, there was a Twitter thread that spiraled a bit talking about an international ultra runner of the year. I don't want to. I don't want to go there right now. So, just, I mean, you can take it one of two ways. Just like, either give it to the winner of like the twenty four hour national, the twenty four hour worlds, and or give it to the winner of UTMB. Call it good. Okay, tenth uh, place, uh, Jeff Browning, and Addie Bracy. Uh, we've got. Not, I'm just going to run through a lot of these. Maybe we'll, if you have anything to interject, feel free. So cool. Abby Hall and David Sinclair uh, were ninth. Then we had Adam Peterman and Katie Asmuth eighth. Uh, Katie Scheid and Hayden Hawks in seventh. Hold on. Yep, yep. First interjection. See what happens when you actually finish, Hayden? You get ultra of the year honors. Like you're on the list. <laughs> oh man! Thanks for finishing the Western States. That's it. Uh, Move on. Yeah, the photo they used is him on the track. So it is. Uh, Anthony Costala is making a splash in sixth. We've got Sabrina Stanley also in sixth. Uh, let's see here. Fifth place, Sarah Cummings. Uh, she was in my top ten, and then Harvey Lewis was fifth. Now I put him higher up, personally. I mean, you win the Badwater 135. Uh, you run like and win, I think, a race that's like in the 13-hour range. And then you do what you did at Big's Backyard. It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous year, uh, especially for, I think, you know, besides Jeff Browning, one of the older folks on this list, by a margin. Yeah. So yeah. incredible. Uh, and he's not slowing down anytime soon. Uh, let's see here. Fourth place, we had Brittany Peterson and Tyler Green, your co-champions at the Black Canyon 100K. So you love to see them getting some some love there near the top. And then we saw in third, Annie Hughes making a huge splash, as well as Arlen Glick making it to top three, which is, I think, very well-deserved uh, for that man who last year basically was his... R- rookie year during the pandemic right. 
Uh, and I would not have known Arlen Glick had he not shown up at Havelina 100 this year. So thankfully he's on the map and he will be racing Western States. Very excited about that one. Second place we have, uh, so yeah, we had the Havelina 100 champions in second and third. So Camille Heron was second, uh, had obviously an incredible year uh, and, you know, We'll also be returning to Western States. She did get the race done this year, uh, mm -hmm. which is a step in the right direction. Uh, and Nick Curry was second. So I think Nick had the most prolific ultra season in terms of podium finishes and top finishes in competitive races. And just, he ran so many races last year, uh, including, you know, the cherry on top being his performance, the American record. Uh, and your ultra runners of the year for North America. Uh, no real surprise here. You have Jim Walmsley. I think someone was saying like fifth year in a row, I believe. And Courtney DeWalter. She also multiple years in a row now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it didn't, the voting didn't occur for 2020, but yes. If you okay. Were to take like the, the last of time. five times they've given this award out. So something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Not terribly surprising. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think across the board, it was uh, a lot of depth. You know, Arlen, what, won how many hundreds last year? Um, I mean, I think the four the or one, five. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing that I think shot him in the foot, uh, like in terms of potentially leapfrogging up, was just the fact that it was all 100s uh, with, the, with the exception of. Desert Solstice, which was slightly over 100. Uh, so I think that that's kind of where the voters might have been like, ah, it's a breadth uh, and variety uh, issue. But, I mean, you can't be too mad. You come out of the cuts, you put the Midwest on your back and say, hey, I'm going to make sure we get some respect. And jumps into the top three. No longer going to be... Uh, sort of do you his do you agree with harvey being outside top three because we've got some talk in the chat here is he uh, i mean i don't know it, it's hard like you can make an argument it's so tough across all five of the top five and i think that there's no like there's no great way there's no analytical way to be like here is like distinctly what puts it in the order that the voters selected it so hard uh, to compare like we talked about this the the range of performances and like the relative competitiveness how do you rank all these things so right i mean tyler crushed it across the board had you know a phenomenal race at black canyon you know i think was still kind of flying under the radar at western for the performance that he put together. I don't think, I think a lot of people, casual observers more so, but I think a lot of people did, weren't sure he was going to throw down the way he did. Um, and I think, yeah, just across the board, he had a pretty solid uh, resume and it was the competitive nature of running a good number of golden ticket races that sort of gave him the edge versus a, Harvey, who ran a phenomenal time for, I think, a third place, um, like fast 100 miler, 
And then bigs, like it's just it's hard for people to wrap their head around what that means. And you look at the competitive nature, it's like, oh, there's just like one person with him for the last, you know, how many ever hours, 14 hours or whatever it ended up being. Um it's hard to wrap your mind around like the difficulty of being the assist uh in these situations and the fact that you're not gonna have yeah, the assist the going. assist we can't like I can't remember the name of the assist and he's gonna get zero accolades. Mm-hmm. That's how you, know, you went four miles less uh and one hour less. Yeah, but it's yeah. damn near the same athletic performance. So uh, But yeah, so I yeah, mean I- Tyler Green's second at Western States. I mean basically and first at Black Canyon, 10th at TDS as well. So, yeah, that is a thing, TDS. That, that was the one I was spacing on off yeah. the top of my head. Um, and that matters. Like, the thing, like a 35th at any UTMB, like Chamonix race, it means as much as a first, second, third place in many of the domestic ultras just because of how, much, especially on the men's side how much American men get their asses kicked in France. So to show up with a top 10 in any of the races, you're kind of like, all right, cool. Like that's actually out kicking our coverage in many ways. So I think that that factored in there. Um, yeah. I mean, Jim makes an American record and Jim is Jim. So well, like, anyway. I mean, yeah, Jim didn't have a lot of performances and I think that's, that's the only thing you could say that made this maybe really like extra tough. But still, like his his performances, when you're like seconds off of the 100k world record, which is like probably one of the most c- contested events, like in ultra running on an international scale. You know, it's an internationally recognized distance. It's been attempted so many times, and for him to be seconds off of it, that's got to carry a lot of weight. And then I know that his like his domination at Western States this last year, like still running what one of the fastest times ever in a really hot year and demolishing the field by close to 90 minutes. I mean, those had to weigh on the minds coming off of injury. Yeah. That's the thing. Like he did that not being able to run until like eight weeks before Western or something like that, 10 weeks before maybe. So you, like if you take the totality of the context in, I think that weighed heavy as well. Plus it's Western. So like inherently you take head to head. So you're like, Jim has to be ahead of Tyler because he beat him at Western. Like da, 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 da. Um, That being said, if Jim doesn't run the Hoka Carbon X2 event and have that performance, I don't know if he takes it. I don't know if oh, he takes number one. Absolutely not. I mean, that I feel like that that to me more so than his Western States, that saved him for sure. Like basically a hundred K world record. That's, you know, that that's impressive. And I think like Nick's incredible, but then you see what Sorokin just did and it's like, puts it a little bit into perspective, you know, like, holy crap. Sorokin did one, you know, one ninety two, and broke the world record for a hundred mile in the same year. I would think if there was an international runner of the year, it's like, how do you even begin to compare Sorokin to Francois Den. Like you can literally, you cannot do it. They are from completely different worlds, but I would love to see someone try like, and compare and figure that out. I mean, for what, like what Francois did at hard rock and, and then at UTMB, incredible, absolutely mind blowing. 
to like double back and do that. And like, I don't think anyone else has ever done that. Um, just like all time great. And then what Sorokin is doing, uh, you know, despite what, what our good friend of the pod chase from tree land journal will say, uh, (laughs) still it's impressive what he is doing. So, yeah, it's, you know, with, there's a sort of lazy argument in the like road track side, uh, obviously for short races in the run flat world, but also these ultras where it's like, oh, shoes and the technology and yada, yada, yada. Listen, if you, you, you I don't care about the shoes. If you're running 190 plus miles, like the shoes will help you to a degree, but you still have to have the muscular fortitude, the skeletal and neuromuscular capacity to put in that work because um, all right cool if the shoes give you four percent that's what eight miles or something like cool like you you it's insane it's absolutely absurd um and the fact that he set two records right because he also you know it wasn't just the 24 hour he's like all right cool now i'm just gonna like blitz this 100 mile slash 12 hour record and just what he took 25 minutes off of it like what yeah. what is happening so yeah. yeah it's just now that being said as with all things like you want to believe things are true you want to ensure that the doping protocols are in place and we've seen too many people uh sort of not be given records because there were not proper drug testing things in place um but you also want to believe and i think that you know, that's one thing we can definitely take away from the 2021 season writ large. Uh, and even the start of this 2022 season, right, as we've talked about with Houston, is like it gives you reason to believe, to hope, uh, you know, to channel any number of greats, no matter the distance, uh, and say, like, there is somebody I can aspire to be because uh, they're tearing it up right now. And I want to emulate some percentage of that. Uh, and so I, I think that. We're, we're in a good position to just like find hope and get out the door again. Um, you know, just get excited, get excited about stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to see what the rest of 2022 holds uh, because listen, the bar has been set high after 2021 and well, we got, be- we got some, there's a lot of chatter in the chat and we got Raj Paul Panu fans in the chat as well. Yeah. Um, and we are. I'm pumped to see what he does this year. I think it's going to be a big year for him. Mm-hmm. So of course, like, you know, take Jim out of the equation. What he did at Carbon X two was incredible. What he ran under the American record, yep. correct. And so this year he's, uh, and yeah, he's one of my few follows on Strava right now. I don't follow very many folks. Certain periods of the year, I only follow Barkley folks. Uh, but he's been on my radar because of the hundred mile road championships coming up and Mm -hmm. like he was crushing it last year. And I think, I think we're going to see something awesome from him this year. He's got a, a really great, um, lineup of races this year. So I think he's going to have some breakout performances. So what is going on? There's like a hundred K one called comrades. (laughs) <laughs> it's happening this some 
I don't know what's happening. I was just looking at his race calendar for the year and I was confused because he says he's doing the 100-mile championship, road championship, then the 100K road championship, then the Comrades 100K world championship. It's called Comrades, but it's not Comrades. I don't know. You sure that's not Comrades? I feel like it's just Comrades. Comrades is like 89K, but he's calling it anyways. We will investigate this. And then he's doing I, I Tunnel hope. Hill and then CIM. So it's going to be that. Pretty stout. That is like a range right there. Like covering oh, no, 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 all no. your bases. That's not everything. Because he's an Hoka, Hoka Aggies athlete, he's required to also run for their cross country team. So as he's training, basically, I guess, like right after Tunnel Hill through CIM. Is going to be his cross country season as well. We're just going to like show up and stun on us, and that'll be especially important because San Francisco and the Pacific Association are hosting cross country club championships, and the Aggies always want that title. But especially if it's going to be in the home association on our association course, they're going to go after it. So I'm excited to see what he pulls off there. So yeah, you want to talk about range? He's going to be doing everything from cross country eight Ks to just a bunch of just dirty hundred hundred K and hundred miles. I'm excited. Look, we, we talked about this on our ultra runner of the year preview is like, we had breakthrough artists. We had folks that we were excited. Um, sort of like rookies, people to watch Raj. I said it wholeheartedly. He's there. Cole's there. It's like basically the Sacramento Hoka athletes, the, the athletes that Hoka just like lucked into in the ultra space. Like they didn't go out and find these guys specifically to be ultra runners. They were fast road guys or like Olympic hopeful type road guys. Let me get an OTQ type road guys who've now both pivoted and they're still doing those things, but are just absolutely crushing at ultras as well. And Hoka's just like, well, sweet, you're already here. So they just like lucked into these, these upstarts to then compliment their gyms, their Coconino Cowboys of the world. So Good, good job, Hoka, with that early development program. Looking like a damn European soccer team, just like finding talent out of nowhere and be like, "We're just gonna keep keep you until you until you excel." Um, but yeah, Roger, man, he's got great hair too. So if you're <laughs> no other, that's good for the sport. Speaking of kind of, you were just saying sponsor support, sponsor shakeups. There was a question in the chat earlier. Have we seen? Uh, we know we had some people announce, Hey, I'm no longer with such and such brand. So I'm kind of announcing the departure, but then I think some of those have not announced yet their new brand they're working with. So Dylan Bowman did announce he is partnering with Speedland, which is mm-hmm. this new shoe company. I didn't know a lot about it, but from what I understand, um, they are, I would say like, if there was like a, a like a high performance cycling footwear brand into the running space, like they're using the most premium materials possible, they've got kind of a new take on it. Uh, the it's kind of interesting. The the two founders, Kevin and I'm not going to remember the other guy's name right now. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, but maybe maybe Steve. I don't know. I'll just say Ryan. Ryan. I don't know. Yeah, so they had a YouTube channel, and I ju- I found out about this recently called Speed Hack, 
and they would take a, a running shoe and they had a concept. They're like, how can we Frankenstein this thing and do something cool with it? So they would take like a road shoe and then they would take a beefy fat mountain bike tire, snow tire. They would cut the tread. They would, you know, kind of grind down and they would glue it in and pretty interesting stuff. They did one with the Hoka 10-9, the really fat heel downhill shoe. And they, they cut into it and they used, they made an inflatable bike tire tube that they, they cut down and basically had this kind of like you would air up and air down your tires for off-roading. It's just like really funny, weird stuff, but you can see like these guys have been in the industry for a long time and it was, it's kind of cool to see that. So yeah, you got Dylan Bowman running for Speedland and shout out to those guys. They all came out to Coldwater last weekend with their team. Uh, one of their athletes took the win in the 52 mile. Um, what else have you seen? Have you seen anyone else make any moves out there? I'm trying to think off the top of my head now. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the, the shorter elements. Uh, you know, we had the Puma team. Uh, I mentioned Patrick Tiernan getting over there uh, on. Uh, they got Ben Flanagan, uh, who's sort of like a 10K to half marathon type guy. Um, so on, definitely still making some investments. Uh, also, as a result of that, I, re- I found out that on actually has this like wild community like endowment fund. And so a lot of their athletes have like had it built into their contract. Like, Hey, I'll sign with on if you give like X like shoes to like this boys and girls club, my former high school, like they'll like essentially say like, instead of giving me a bonus or an addition to give me a bonus, like I want you to give to this specific community. And there's like a whole specific fund that they can tap through the year to do that, which is cool. So shout out to on for building that into their contract schema. Um, you had Isaiah Harris uh, moving from Nike to the Brooks Beast. Uh, you had uh, Whitney Orton just signed with Nike. Damn near all of Oregon signed with Nike. In the trail world, though, not a lot of – oh, and there's still obviously Fobbs and Linkletter being free agents. Fobbs so, training under team and Rory t- under Ryan Hall. But in the trail world, what the hell's happening? So Tim Frericks uh, signed with Craft Elite. That did happen. Um, bringing their grand total athletes to three that we can name off the top of our heads. Craft athletes? Uh, there's probably more. Oh, well, who, do you, who can you name? Rivs, Laney. Tessa on the Fred. women's side. Tessa. That is true. Tessa. Uh, oh, it looks like... Uh, oh, Ida Nilsson. Is on craft now. And who else? They announced Aroa Cio, and I I'm, don't know who that is. She's uh, the national Spanish team, fourth at the Skyrunning World Champs. It's notable. Course record at uh, Madeira Island Ultra Trail. So they picked up, those are their three big new additions this year. Okay. And Emily Forsberg also left Solomon. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. So you got Killian and Emily both departing Solomon. Um, I do know of one big Solomon pickup that I cannot announce. I will let the athlete do that, but I did learn of it on our intro call. Um, so yes, I am still Solomon. 
Shocker. <laughs> I'm a lifer. Uh, so that's going to be it. I think it's going to be a, a really interesting one. Not one I was expecting, but I think it's going to be great. So stay tuned for that. Uh, any other recon in the chat? Yeah, I'm kind of waiting to find out if there is like there was the rumblings of a trail group being formed. Was there? It yeah, it was like a and it was going to be either a standalone trail training group or it was going to be co-located with a road group that was doing like half marathon marathon type stuff where they'd actually at least get some benefit from training with each other. Um haven't seen that drop yet. Still trying to figure out which brand would be most inclined to make that happen. Um, obviously, that would just be entertaining for, for um, from the standpoint of trying to get more eyes on trails. We've, we've had some road and track athletes start making their way over to trails. We talked about Lexi Papa Center 50K, uh, Alyssa Montano with her Broken Arrow. Uh, we've got Stephanie Garcia is doing like OCR stuff as well. Um, so we're seeing more athletes um, who still have, it's not like, Hey, like I did marathons and I'm broken and I'm retired and just like going to go do this thing now that I've gotten slower. Um, but folks who are still in their, their prime. Then obviously you have like a Grayson Murphy who just like vacillates between the track and, uh, and trail. So it makes sense to, to see one come to, fruition but we haven't heard it be announced yet we don't know who's going to take it on um it'll be interesting to see it's got to uh, be between hope and Saucony, right like the two brands that actually have hmm. footwear in both spaces that's like notable and they theoretically have a budget for that and athletes of name that can support both sides but we shall see so rob ricardo in the chat he says Hillary Allen hasn't announced hers yet. He's speculating it could be Brooks. And she actually just teased this 15 hours ago. She says, big announcement coming soon. Can you guess who I'll be running for this year? Sweet. It, I don't know if he's like reading into her hashtags or. <laughs> One can only hope. Because um, Brooks has been kind of quiet on the trail side too. Other than Cat Bradley. Um, I did see Kelly Wolf is running for La Sportiva now. So like left Under Armour. Which honestly still couldn't name you an Under Armour shoe in the trail space. So yeah. I'm actually kind of surprised that, that lasts as long as it did. Here's the thing from our time. We're, we're completely just on a tangent now. Um, oh yeah. Fully tangent. This is, but this is where it gets good. This is where it, the brand that I'm most surprised is not a bigger conversation point and like would be very entertaining if they got Hillary is Scott based on what like our time at TRE and like having conversations with them, talking to a few of their athletes, just like trying it out a few of their products. They're one of the few brands that actually does choose in both lanes. Uh, like regularly um, obviously Scott really only known for triathletes who happen to like ride their bikes and also wear their shoes. Um, but they do actually have a pretty like respectable stable of trail athletes. Um, and I'm, I'd be interested to see 
if they finally like make a big splash with a Hill Hillary Allen signing type thing. Um, but yeah, but you also just like don't hear about anybody talking about their shoes and they're also in a, you know, we have a carbon plate trail shoe just like, Oh, guess who has a ton of plated trail and road shoes coming out in 2022 trail and road. Ultra would be my first trail guess. and road plated shoes. Wait, wait, like a hybrid shoe or they are making two distinct lines that both have plates. Correct. And multiple shoes in each category. I would say ultra based on the recent s- splashes. However, Solomon did sign Jurati, so I could see them trying to do something weird. And then otherwise it's just going to be like a Hoka, but we already expect that from them. So Solomon, baby. Yeah, I it was and I can't wait to try out the road shoes as well. Like I am, I'm pumped. Because I'm, I'm just hitting the pavement all the time. Sorry, I just lost my roller underneath the dresser. So if you heard a loud bang, I apologize. Um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting uh, to see what the. This is where like running stores are still important, right? Because if you walk into I don't know, your normal like big box store, your dick sporting goods, your roadrunner sports, whatever. Like it's just gonna be like here's Nike, here's Adidas. But if these shoes, uh, not just Solomon, but also like Ultra clearly trying to make a splash, Frank Laura, um, you know, in the road signing as well as uh what we're seeing, we've been seeing from their trail side, like brands that are trying to do well in both spaces, um, if they can come in with reasonable price points. Like this is where especially running store or running warehouse or whomever like can really set a brand up for success um, and like do the legwork on on behalf of these brands in a ways that, you know, just seeing an ambassador on social media might not necessarily be able to get across the finish line. So I'll be yeah, I'll give the Solomon Road shoes a try. Um, I'm currently running in some Pumas. I don't think I would have said that two years ago, but tried on a pair at TRE and was like, Oh, this isn't bad. And I like went and bought a pair and they're crushing it right now. So, you know, if you, if you connect with the right folks and the price is right, then like, yeah, let's get weird guys. Let's, let's expand the portfolio. There's too many different foot types for people to be all jammed in the same damn (laughs) narrow toe box Nikes or what have you. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. That's a whole nother thing, but. And then, yeah, and then we're going back to the Speedland conversation. Their whole, like, carbon plate is that Carbotex, which is just, like, you put it in yourself. Damn yeah, there. it's like you basically have both a plated and non-plated shoe depending on whatever you want to do. Choose your yeah, own adventure. And, and, like, playing around with those when we were at TRE, you know, it's like, cool. You can – it looked like a damn shoehorn. You just, like, whoop, throw it in if you wanted to. So you can turn your – I don't know. You can turn your – peregrine into a plated peregrine i don't know something uh i yeah you could get weird you can you could create your own hybrid trail carbon shoe if you really like an old model of something you're really hyped on the cascadia eights from like a decade ago but you want to put a carbon plate in it like you can do that uh so there's just innovation where like you as an individual it's more accessible for you to do that as well so that that can also come into play for what people get excited about and what weirdness we see. It's really going to complicate our 
plan to power rank which brands are excelling the most uh, at these trails, these trail races. So we try to figure out what, what brand dominates and wins. We talked about this weeks ago. Yeah. It's like in the background. We haven't announced it yet because I have to do the work, but yeah. Cool. Oh, the last thing we were going to um Oh, that's interesting. Alan Stark says the Speedland guys did their shoe hacks while waiting out non competes from Under Armour. So yeah, they were most recently working with Under Armour, probably like in stealth mode developing their own shoe, and so they were biding time. Cause yeah, they shut down their YouTube channel or like stop posting there when they actually launched Speedland. So makes sense. All right. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, now I just totally blanked it. I was going to have a great segue into something. <laughs> Jamil with a segue. No 40 episodes. Why start now? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. I'll take it because I think, Oh, we want to talk about, Danny Moreno's oh. post or whatever. Is that okay? Yes. We're on the same page. We're on the same page. It's we're a good, good way to kind of wind it down. Yeah. So, so Danny Moreno, um, the uh, mammoth based athlete running for Hoka, uh, as well as Rabbit and Ultimate Direction, uh, on her Instagram basically was like, here are a bunch of things that I'm hearing in the trail and ultra like news space. And they might have been conversations forever, but they, are ones that I keep hearing. And so she basically just put binary polls up. So I am going to basically loft them at Jamil who has not seen these. Uh, and he's just going to give me his snap reaction and we can delve into <laughs> I it. I did see it. I didn't click on any of the polls though. So I don't know what people. You took a were... nap. You forgot what it said, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, I also don't know what people said, so it's cool. Um, so, so we got five here. So the first one was uh, the ask and just general need for more robust drug testing. Yes, or there's no need? I mean, probably yes. Okay. Sub point, she didn't say this, is quartz the answer? Oh, no. All right, cool. Got you on the record for that. Um, <laughs> two. Uh something we just talked about the creation of trail teams where members train together yes we don't need that okay. we need it we do it's just more entertaining it'd be so much more fun i mean i was just thinking about that it would have been so fun to do like my workout today with like a trail team that would be sick and it would have made my video so much more entertaining it does it does help to have other people around for sure um honestly i've been having this conversation with several people over the past couple of months, it's just so much more fun to train with other people. It doesn't have to be every day, but if it's just like two days a week, just to like get out the door and just like have some conversational like flavor other than just talking to yourself, talking to random passerbys, listening to podcasts or music, it just goes a long way. I mean, we've seen like even the Cowboys and Flagstaff, like all self-coached basically. Um, you know, we still think of them sort of like as a unit, even though, they don't train under the same regime, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Like we, we just need more consolidation of trail athletes. So many of them live in the same urban centers. If we just got more community events with them, health, they want to start YouTube channels and what have you. So we can like see what it's like in 
training in Bend, Oregon versus training in Flag versus training in Tucson versus training in the Rio Salado River by next yeah. to the Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport, for instance. Like Midwest, like this is your time, right? <laughs> you're, you're disrespected. Like Grind time. put together like four or five folks and just like show us what's up. What's life like yeah. training for these crazy mountain ultras when you're like the McFarland cross country team in the movie, just like going over hay bales or something. I don't know. Show me. Enlighten me. That would be cool. Um, all right. Cool. Third question. This one, I'm actually really intrigued by what your answer would be. Increasing the cutoff times in ultras to increase interest in the sport and increase finish rates. 100% yes, or we don't need to do it. It's, I mean, sometimes. I have to say not all the time. Flesh that out. What do you mean? What, uh, what like, I think some. I think some. I would like to see some of the events in our sport increase their cutoff times to kind of increase the accessibility for folks, especially as they age up in the sport. So like example, cold water rumble, one of our events, we have a hundred miler going on 32 hours. You basically have that entire time to finish your 50 K your 50 mile. So we get folks out there that'll take 22 hours or whatever to do a 50 K or 29 to do a 50 mile. Do I think we should do that at every single race? No, I don't because there's a, there's like a, a lot of resources that go into volunteers and staffing and medical support. Like that raises the expenses of the race dramatically just the whole time you're out there. So I think, I think it's, I would like to see more events give more time, but I don't want to see every single event give more time. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's a uh, it's sort of an interesting corollary with the U.S. Olympic trials and the marathon, right? And there was this whole kerfuffle around choose your adjective here, but um, around how much the women's cutoff time or qualifying time was reduced because at two forty five you ended up with like four hundred women or three hundred women or you know the insanely high number that was unmanageable for the Atlanta track club. Uh, and so you saw the cutoff drop to 237 or 238 now. And people were like, that's too much. Like it doesn't inspire people to like want to run marathons and try to achieve this goal. Um, but there's so many other marathons that people can be running and achieving their goals, but you still have to have, you know, for your top end races, like there should still be some level of difficulty, uh, you know, and that's what makes it truly an elite style race. You know, not everybody can do a track 24 hour, like a desert solstice. Like you have across the years, you can still do your own 24 hour. Um, but if you're going to be at a certain caliber of it, then, or certain caliber of performance, then you get into X type race. Same thing. I think it's sort of like what you're arguing for here. Yeah. So, like I think like Havilah hundred, should we raise from 30 hours to like 40 or 36? I don't know. Like, I don't know that I'm in favor of that necessarily, but like the hundred K you can take 29 hours. So you can still be out there and participate. So I think it's striking a balance, but I think, I do think some events should raise their cutoffs. I think, I mean, Leadville might be controversial to say, but they should probably raise their cutoff times uh, and give people more time. I think it would be better for that race. I don't think there's any downsides. 
So okay, there we go. Sweet. Discuss in the chat. Um, number four. Are we on four, five. We're on four. Uh, more standardization of rules and the terms of play. Terms of play. Terms of engagement. Yes or no? We're good. Mm, I'm just gonna say no. I don't really know how to answer that one. Terms of play. I I feel like we would need more terms. Yeah. <laughs> terms of engagement. I think, yeah, I think like the way that I took the question was sort of like everybody's playing by the same rules, like what to carry, you know, like required gear type things, drug testing is a, the same across the board, like things like that. Like trails apparently can't be standardized. I Yeah, I don't. Way. I don't want to like, I really don't want to see like over-regulation or of the sport in general, or like, yeah, we must have required kits at every race, or we must have the same cutoffs per mile. Like, I don't want to overcomplicate this great sport we have. I like the fact that different races can do things different ways and have different rules. Um, but yeah, do I think there should be some rules so that it's a fair playing field? For those that treat this as a sport, yes, because you don't just want like anything goes like you could just run loops in the wrong direction or miss this cutoff and disregard and disrespect it. Like we got to have some, you know, or like getting support when you're not supposed to be like, we got to have some level of like competition for those that treat this like a sport, want to compete head to head with other athletes. Like, I know I get driven by that. Uh, there's a lot of others that, that do as well. Uh, and if we want to continue to grow and attract athletes that come from those more, I guess, regulated backgrounds, but I also want to keep still maintain that it's fun, a fun sport as well, I guess, without like, you know, you have officials at every freaking turn or every aid station panning out penalties and time boxes and things like that. Like, I think there's a balance. That would be wild if trail running had an equivalent of like the triathlon referees on the bikes where it's like drafting penalties. Like, I don't even know what that would entail, but it would be kind of nuts just to be like, I mean, even in the race walk, right? You have like so many officials <laughs> yeah. out there who are just yellow card, yellow card, like whatever. I wonder what the trail equivalent would be, but yeah, that would be kind of insane. Um, cool. And the last one I have for you which I think is near and dear to our heart, increasing media coverage of sub ultras. Absolutely. Yes or no. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. What did we see last year? We saw coverage of, okay. So we did coverage of Kendall mountain run, which is a sub ultra trail race. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw broken arrow do a live stream of their 26 K. So I think those were the mm -hmm. biggest, as far as in the U.S., those were the biggest two. But on a global stage, what Solomon is doing with the Golden Trail World Series, I mean, it's exactly that. They are, they would be the leaders of doing that. And I think, well, Danielle or Danny Moreno was in that. So mm -hmm. in like a whole, t there was a whole TV series um, about that. And uh yeah, like I'm all for it. I think uh, it's it's interesting. I think the ultra distance definitely gets glamorized more. And so there's not as much 
media attention on the shorter trail races, probably especially in the U.S. I think we, I don't know, we kind of skip right up to the 100 milers because it's like sexier or something, but completely not. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, uh... <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Like it sounds, it, it's like sounds more impressive, but like also racing a crazy 25K is, is also impressive too. So I don't know. I guess it would be a, a fact of like, I don't know how we go about doing that. Like a Kendall mountain was super fun to cover. I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts? I mean, I, you know, if we were to look at, um, we talked about that Houston half, right? You had 10 guys within 50 seconds of each other. Like that same sort of thing can happen in a shorter ultra race, right? We saw it in the 26 K broken arrow happens in Xterra where we have a bunch of people, uh, coming down to a kick finish. Um, uh, I think the women's second and third place, uh, at Xterra were separated by a second. So like, they're still compelling storylines, uh, and, and competitive action that we saw. I mean, we saw it at black Canyon, right. With the, the, uh, Grunewald V cause kick down, but like you put that in a sub ultra, like that's going to happen way more often with from 800 out a thousand out 1200 out, whatever distance. Um, and then it's really just like, how do you tell that story? Uh, as broadcasters, it's actually probably significantly easier because when you're only filling two and a half hours versus 24 hours or two and a half days or things like that, like we can just be more engaged. Uh, it doesn't feel like we're reciting the same things over and over. Uh, even though people come and leave the chat, it feels like we're saying the same things over and over. And so we're like, like, is this new, fresh information? Um, so it's actually just like significantly easier to tell that story to get people engaged. Um, and I think it's actually more accessible for the average person who's just, who is familiar with their local community 5k or they ran in high school. Like if you tell them, Hey, it's a 25k. So it's 15 miles because it's five 5k's like you can, that is easier for them to ha wrap their head around. And then you can summarize that significantly quicker than trying to talk about what happened in the first 30 miles of a hundred miler where it's just like, Hey, just, survive in advance. So I think, I think, yeah, there, there needs to be, it's an easy story to tell. It's a matter of finding the races that have the level of competition to breed that. And then also still have that same like scenic beauty that we've now come to love and appreciate from these live stream trail races. Um, because if it's just like, you could do it of, you know, river path loops somewhere. Sure. But it's not going to have the same just like gotcha, somebody walking past the screen being like, oh, like what is that that you're looking at over there? Um, you still have to have sort of that that visceral component, you know, something that people who are on the treadmill when they are trying to do a long run in these snowy winter months and they want to watch and, and feel like they're there, give them something to appreciate. So it's doable. The technology is there. It's just a matter of finding the the means the gusto and the competition on the trail itself, uh, to, to lend itself to all of that. Yep. So yeah, where you'll see, you'll see that continue this year with the golden trail world series. Um, I don't know that we've made a decision on live streaming Ke Kendall again, but I wouldn't be surprised if we did do that again. I think we, uh, we had a lot of fun doing that one and then Flagstaff sky peaks. We're going to do our best to, uh, bring that to you guys. Uh, the Pikes Peak Ascent. Uh, 
maybe as well. Um, I know that Pikes Peak is incredibly challenging with the location, but hopefully as technology advances, something can be done about it. Um, we'll try and lend our support to Solomon as they come out um, since we have our office right there in town this next year. So we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what we can do, how we can support it. Love it. Was that the last one? Uh, it was. I should actually back up just a second to say that not everything has to be a live stream. Like if we just get out quality, meaningful content. Thank you. From events. Um, that also goes a long way uh, because <laughs> how many of these races do we only know about because of, you know, a Twitter, just like live updates. And then we get a snapshot from Treeline Journal. And we're like, sweet, like, cool. Like I get a little bit of context and maybe somebody yeah. shows up podcast and like tells us the story um because they had a great performance we can still hey if we can't live stream it let's still go capture video let's get yeah. interviews let's talk to crews like while things are happening and what package that like what sub then, i guess what sub ultra that is maybe the challenge then what sub ultra trail races should be covered like what where is the compelling story what are those classic iconic events where's the competition at this is where we and start that's getting maybe into the challenge. Like, yeah, we I start don't... getting into brand issues because you end up with, you know, de facto national championships being Xterra or something, right? You do have a couple of USATF, like trail half marathon, like whatever. But you know, the entire USA team was at Xterra's this past, you know, this past November, December. So then you're looking at Xterra, like, well, it's on you guys as a name brand with like a car manufacturer title sponsor to like be putting out this this sort of content it i don't be know that they have done a good job of doing that like i don't know if i've right. seen it right yeah. and then i'm not going to go on another spartan rant but like hey um there's that and then you know like you run into just like the 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 most like top of mind sub ultras are usually tied into lar these larger series and so you end up with you know, Golden Trail, right? So Solomon, cool. Um, but like Broken Arrow, basically independent. You, you're basically looking at these like other races that are independent to have to carry this, or we have to start like somehow notifying these larger brands like, yo, if you're going to have this series, if you're going to put all this weight, if you're going to put a prize purse of this much money for these athletes, like kick a G to like get some videographers out there to edit it after the fact, like, or whatever the going rate is. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like just because that also benefits them. And then like, it's a whole cycle. So I don't know why they're dropping the ball. Uh, so yeah, I think that's where it comes down to because how many people have like these YouTube videos of like the races they run, like here's my run through every sort of race, right? Everything from Cocodona and Moab down to, Hey, like I trained for my first 50 K I trained for my first trail race ever. Like here was my experience. Like, and these are just like random people with 2000 views on YouTube. Like you're telling me that a race couldn't be like, yeah, let's tell that person's story. But like also, you know, 150 other people's story. And like, here's how the race went down. And like, here's how beautiful it was. And you can do this too. And you should also come to our race. Just like it's doable. Mount marathon. Yeah. 
That's legit. In Mount Marathon, in Mount Marathon for having local newscasters, always does a good job too. So Houston, you have no damn excuse. <laughs> and rant. And rant. And I guess in podcast. Uh, I think I'm done. You got anything else? Sam, oh, we go to the chat for a little bit and then we'll kind of cool. shut it down. Uh, yeah, we were at like the 35 level mark, 35 minute mark. And I was like, how are we going to stretch this to 90 minutes? And now we're at 100 minutes. Uh, Sam Hawk, 1985. Do you plan to expand Aravipa beyond AZ in Colorado? What state would be next? Um, let's see. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, we plan, we would love to expand. Um, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Um, but I think like Utah would probably make a lot of sense for us to kind of continue, uh, to expand in the Southwest region. We have one event there so far. It'd be, I think it would make a lot of sense for us to do some more over in Utah. Um, MS in the chat. I don't know who MS is in the chat, but they are, they've been blowing it up. Um, some great hot takes here on a lot of different things, but, um, yeah, lots of improvement saying, um, not always about the competition. It's about the people. I think that's so true. Uh, like I run far, they only covered the big races and they say they almost died. Their content has hardly any views. So a lot of, a lot of attention, a lot of competition for attention out there probably. I will say that much. Yeah. I mean, we, we are at an inflection point in trail running where more people, like we talked about, I don't even remember what episode this was sort of like coming out of COVID. Like was it, is it, is it good for the sport or bad for the sport? You know, you had all these people who had to start running because they had nowhere else to go. We're at a point where all of a sudden people found parks again. Right. They found these soft surfaces and the chance to go hike because, you know, they, it, was a, it was a place they could go safely. You know, we're at a point where it's time to capitalize on this newfound interest in the spaces themselves and these events that folks can train for. They can take this competitive element that they were doing in the gym and say, like, oh, I have another outlet. And media is a way to do that. Media is a pretty important concept to do it right like tiktok listen if you can bite size like i went on a cool run i saw some cool views like people get excited for for stuff like that you can say hey this is a race or a self-challenge right how many people do these damn david goggins four by four by 48s it's like you're just doing that around your block probably but people get up for it because it's like, it just, it's just a challenge. And they're like, this seems like a good way for me to invest my energy. We can be doing better to sort of sell that story and get these folks engaged in new and innovative ways. Um, so we, we see more of that. That's what it comes down to. And then sure, you'll end up with some people who take it to quote unquote an extreme and become hyper competitive. And they're the ones who buy for these golden tickets or they go do these 100, 200, 250, 254 mile races. Um, but like for the average person, hey, they just want to go. They want to get some medals. They want some ribbons. They want some barbecue at the finish line. Some that, that's, live that's music, cool. maybe. It's accessible, so we got we got ways to bring them in. We just got to actually do it, because 
we have too many people whose livelihoods are invested in, in this, but then also we've got too many people who, you know, this is their community and we got to, we got to find a way to continue to expand the pie instead of just trying to like slice it up new ways, but not actually benefit the entirety of the whole, the whole picture. One last in the chat, Alan Stark. Did you hear trail race over Texas uh, is now in the hands of Cal Neff? Yes, we did hear about that. So uh, shout out to him. Uh, definitely in good hands over there in texas yeah all right that's all we got i think that, that was a good one it got yeah good. My, my heart rate got up there again it's basically <laughs> been like tempo runs niners football and this podcast highest heart rates of the past week excited about it hope you guys enjoyed it uh thank you for joining us live on youtube if you watch this live obviously Every time we pop up, is an opportunity to engage with us. But to make sure you know when that happens, you got to hit that subscribe button on YouTube and then hit that bell next to it so you get the notifications and it says, boom, new episode happening right now. You'll watch live. You harass us in the chat, and it's great. But if you're catching us after the fact on YouTube, you drop us things in the comments. Say what's up. Or you can listen to us on your podcaster of choice and uh, join, join the conversation on Discord. After the fact, hop in, let us know. Hey, I agree with you wholeheartedly. We love, we love five stars in our hearts um, and in our discord. But if you want to disagree, do so respectfully uh, and it'll be, it'll be fine. We'll have a good, good old time. So engage, engage with the community. Let's get weird guys. Let's have some fun. That's it. That's all this is about. It's about fun. Don't take yourself too seriously. Don't take the sport too seriously. Don't take life too seriously. Take what you do seriously. And that's it. Enjoy it. Have fun. That's me in a nutshell. I've been Skizzle Fresh. He's been Jam Jam. This has been a podcast. Love you all. We'll see you guys next time. Have yourselves a shitty week. See you next time. <laughs>